0: This episode of the Red Seat Rundown is brought to you by Harbor Point Apparel. Tired of wearing the same clothes that everyone else wears? Looking for the newest trend? Well, look no further. Harbor Point Apparel is the world's newest clothing and lifestyle brand, committed to bringing you the classiest New England-infused clothing around. I got one of their hats recently, and I don't think I will ever want to put another hat on my head. Make sure you check out the Instagram at Harbor Point Apparel and on their website, harborpointapparel.com. Harbor Point, combining contemporary New England apparel with the timeless American quality you love and respect. Let's go!
1: We can dance if we want to, we can leave your friends behind, cause your friends don't dance and if they don't dance, well there no friends of mine, say we can go where we want to they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world Need the real one far behind We can dance We can go if we want to Night is young and so am I And we can dress real deep From our hearts to our feet And surprise them with a the victory cry Say we can act if we want to if we don't, nobody will. And you can act real rude and totally removed. And I can act like an imbecile. I say, we can dance. We can dance. Everything's out of control. We can dance. We can dance. We're doing it from all to all. We can dance. We can dance. Everybody look at your hands. We can dance. We can dance. Everybody's taking the chance. Hands.
2: All right. Welcome to the Red Seat Rundown. It's been a little bit since you've heard from us. It's been since before the NCAA Tournament, believe it or not. That's right. It feels like it's been a year. It feels like it's been a while. Well,
0: there's been a lot that's gone on since the uh, since the last time we met, since the last time we got to speak to you guys. lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. To talk about. So I much on the, the tournament. today.
2: So let's hop right in. Obviously, number one topic of the month is the tournament. So... Right off the bat, what are your thoughts on the NCAA tournament? Surprises, disappointments, top players, what are your thoughts? What do you got? Yeah, uh, I
0: mean, it's been a pretty, pretty awesome tournament so far. I've definitely had a great time watching the tournament. And I think if you listened to our podcast a few weeks ago, there's been a lot of surprises because there's a lot of things I talked about that would go on in the tournament that I talked about last time that haven't really happened. Uh, <laughs> I thought the tournament, I mean, the first round was – Pretty chalk. It was. There was it not was a whole very lot of upsets. Not many. And I upsets. was really disappointed. I was like, maybe this is the year that there's not going to be a lot of upsets. All the upsets that I was really high on, like yeah. UNC, Wilmington, a couple of the other guys, they didn't yeah, really when people, pan out for when me. When people's
2: brackets were busted, outside of like really just a maybe one or two games, it was them picking an upset as opposed to the the top seed, like right. South Carolina, Marquette, or something like that. Right. So, yeah, there wasn't yeah, a there whole wasn't lot much, of upsets. There wasn't many upsets at all. And then the second round was madness. The second round and on it
0: have ridiculous. been absolutely madness. Um, Whoever would have thought that South Carolina would be the SEC team in the Final oh Four. Oh my gosh, it's absurd. Who thought Oregon... I mean, we basically counted out Oregon after Chris Boucher went down. Yeah. Um, in the Pac-12 tournament, and look at—they've just gone on an absolute tear. Tyler Dorsey is shooting lights out. I think he's shooting over sixty percent from the field and nearly sixty percent from three for the entire. It's tournament. ridiculous. They're just absolute daggers over Dylan there. Dylan Brooks is still a baller. Gizaga proving every all the skeptics, all the critics wrong, reaching their first Final Four ever.
2: Yeah, they're they're legit, legit this year. They're legit. They're playing very well. Basically,
0: the only steady team in the whole tournament or the team that people thought was going to go this far, that have gone this far, is UNC. Yeah, the Tar Heels. So we're, we're there with the four teams. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga, South Carolina, Oregon, and UNC. Uh, are you surprised, besides those four teams, who are the biggest surprises uh, for you so far this tournament, DVA?
2: I mean, so obviously I am shocked by South Carolina. I'm shocked by them. That. I mean, they're, they, they're not a team that's particularly good at any one thing. They have Sundarius Thornwell, who is a great player, but it's not like he's a big name in any way. You know, he, like, I think he, he was averaging like 20 points a game this season. He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but it's not like he wasn't one of the big names that was coming into the tournament. And on top of that, the first round game was against Marquette, who's one of the most dynamic, explosive offenses in the entire NCAA. I had Marquette winning that game. I did not think highly of South Carolina, partially because I don't—I didn't think highly of the SEC at all—and I was proved completely wrong. Three SEC teams in the Elite Eight—that's a huge surprise, right there. A conference that is just notorious for not being a great basketball conference for for Kentucky running the. Uh, running the conference every single year, besides right. Florida, maybe once in a while. Right. But outside of that, I mean, who's who's great? Who's a good team? South Carolina, yeah, they're in the Final Four, but they have not been a good like a great team this year. Yeah. In any way, one of the one of the other biggest surprises, probably the biggest disappointment for me, because I was really excited about this team, was SMU in the first round losing to USC, losing to Andy Enfield's Dunk City in, about out in USC. Yeah, that I, was a really devastating I was, loss. I was so disappointed with that because SMU is a fantastic team. I mean, you can still look at that game and look at highlights of like Semi-Ogilay and these guys, like semi put-back dunk. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look up the highlight of Semi-Ogilay's put-back dunk against USC. It's ridiculous. They were running that game for the vast majority of it. And then in the past, the last like three minutes, just completely blew it. I've never seen a team lose just strictly because they got outcoached. That much,
0: yeah. I USC
2: mean, USC put the two three defense on them, a two three zone. They play that. I was playing that zone in middle school, and they couldn't. They had no idea how to defend it. They were passing the ball around the three point line, like a couple, like a bunch of idiots, right. for for thirty seconds, and then to have one second left to shoot and throw up an air ball. I mean, the three. It was
0: absurd. I mean, there's some pretty terrible last minute plays throughout this game. I mean, throughout this
2: tournament. Oh my gosh! Look at.
0: I mean, yeah. Look at SMU. They had. People forget that SMU had three timeouts in the last Ugh. minute of the game and didn't use a single one. Don't get one. me started. Just trying to play
2: through it. They looked completely they also, like a mess out there. And then, and then a couple of their best players, including Semby Ojale, got into foul trouble with, like, seven minutes left in the game. They had maybe two or three players with, like, four fouls. And – and Andy Enfield told his players to do exactly the right thing. They went, they just drove to the hoop. Every single play, drove to the hoop, right at Semi-Ogile, right at these guys, and they didn't even play defense because if they got one foul, they'd be out for the game. Just a horribly coached game by SMU and a fantastically coached game yep. by USC and Andy Enfield.
0: Yeah, terrible. That was a terrible last-minute collapse. I mean, look, let's look at Vanderbilt. Their last-minute oh collapse gosh. against Northwestern. Up <laughs> by one point. Huge freak bag move. The guy in Vanderbilt. Huge
2: freak bag up move. Up by
0: one point. Fouling the Northwestern player to send him to the line for a chance to win the game uh, with like 10 seconds left. Absolutely brilliant. Guy definitely has made the most well, of his Vanderbilt education. You can also, say that for sure. Yeah,
2: well also, I mean, I feel like people don't give enough credit. You just think about it and there's strategy there. Dude, he's there's just There's some strategy to. behind it. I yeah, trust it. I mean... I don't know. See, I Look, think he's, he's a, I, you, you know, the he, thing.
0: he's, he got to take the last shot here's after the, they got
2: the ball back. I think he was just trying to set himself here's the up thing, Josiah, for though. the game winner. I Kinda think failed. he failed that, that might've been it. But at the same time, you know, we're here, we're here sitting in the studio. He's the, he's the player. We got to trust the player, man. He's oh, a yeah, like, division one player. We, who are we to criticize him? Who are we to criticize him down by our up by one foul? The other team with 10 seconds left. I mean, it's a unique strategy. It's I mean, a unique strategy, but he him, just knows way more about basketball yeah, than me he, to the point where like, yeah, okay. I see what you're doing there. I don't know. I don't, you, know you just got to give it to him. I, I trust him.
0: Big play there. Another one. Uh, West Virginia against Gonzaga. I love oh Javon Carter gosh. having 38 seconds. I've never seen up, anything like, three like that. Three air balls. Never seen anything Shout like that. Shout out to the rest of his team. My guy Nathan Adrian, the freaking Kelly Olynyk of West Virginia, <laughs> getting like three offensive rebounds, sending the ball and Javon Carter. There was not a single play. Time and again. There
2: was not a single play where Nathan Adrian wasn't on the ground. He I was. Mean, he was. I mean, he might have. He might. He, he might as well have been prone for the last five minutes of the game. <laughs> the guy. The guy hit B twelve on the Xbox controller, and he was just army crawling around.
0: I mean, beat. I mean, shout out to him. My guy had showed a lot of grit. <laughs> he did. His team didn't come through, but uh, we saw some really gritty performances from guys like Nathan Adrian Definitely. from the entire St. Mary's basketball team, almost oh my beating gosh. Arizona. I know. Um,
2: seriously, 1955 Celtics. Celtics circa 1955. St. Mary's. The Gales. or whatever. The Gales. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? The Gales? The Gales. The Gales. <laughs> the Gales. I, I looked at that word for a few minutes. I couldn't quite figure it out. But they're a really impressive team. Very undersized. Very white. <laughs> but they put it together. They gave They gave, They gave some teams to run for their money. Really they smart gave, players. They're really pro, the pro. student Student-athletes of student-athletes.
0: Student-athletes. But soon comes first. Just remember that. Absolutely. Important to know. Um, biggest disappointments of the tournament, I would say, uh well for me is Arizona going out uh to Xavier. Yeah. Really didn't expect that. That was a yeah. huge surprise. And we can't say, we can't say another
2: surprise. I was just about to say we can't see another surprise without Xavier. I mean they they what were like three and nine in their prior, the to, la- coming in, the prior, prior like, to coming into the tournament? They lost
0: their best player. Yeah,
2: they lost their best player. Only wins were really against DePaul, and they pulled one out against Butler. But like they, I mean, they're a team no one was high on. Nobody was high on them. I mean, they, they had a good chance of losing to Maryland. Those were two very struggling teams. And then Xavier comes in and makes that much of a run. That I was incredible. being Florida
0: State. Like, oh, my God. I I,
2: was I shocked. I, was, I almost cried myself. To, I probably did cry myself to sleep that night, if I'm being honest. Florida State's a team I really thought was going to catch on fire. I love their players. I love Jonathan Isaac. I love Dwayne Bacon. But – I mean they they lay some duds. If they can lose to Georgia Tech by 20 and Pitt by 20, then they could lose to Xavier too. And sometimes they lay duds and they laid a dud. That was a really big disappointment for yep. me. Yeah, that that was a disappointing team right there, Florida State.
0: Um Louisville, huge disappointment losing to Michigan. I know Michigan was hot. Yeah. I thought that that Michigan train was going to state. Oh, I with thought it was going to end. state.
2: Oh, they should have. It was oh, a close game. 91-92. 91-92.
0: Man, Louisville just absolutely wrecked themselves against against yeah. Michigan. Couldn't hit a shot. Quentin Snyder was like 0 for 7 threes, 0 for 9 from the field, 0 points. That's their second leading score for Louisville. Yeah. I was so disappointed. I had them in my championship and it's, game.
2: It's not, even, it's not even just Louisville that was a disappointment. The ACC as a conference, coming into the tournament, I was all about the ACC. I was like, this is the best conference in basketball, no doubt. No doubt they dominate. They just – they're in the regular season. They're killing each other, but they're going to come in here and kill everybody else. I thought that they were going to run house in this tournament, and they did not. Absolutely Nothing. Not. Duke, Louisville, these teams fell. I mean, fell. We still got UNC. UVA? UVA, that was embarrassing. Yeah. That was you, embarrassing against Florida. Are you kidding me? They, 39 how many, points. How many 39 behind, points? 39 points. Oh, my gosh. Looks like a girls game out there. It, it was a middle, <laughs> middle school B team. Yeah, it was terrible. Um
0: – I was shocked to see the ACC play so bad. It, it reminded me of the college football playoffs watching all the Big 10. The Big 10 was so hyped all of their big teams losing. It's kind of yeah. like how the ACC just in basketball, loss uh, after seriously. loss after loss. I know it's I know it's all about matchups. I know it's you can't really judge a team a conference based and, and, on their and one game anybody can win. Seven-game series, there would be no upsets. Shout-out to Madden the March ACC Madden. for also blowing it in my favorite tournament of the year, the NIT. Oh, my gosh. Um, don't... Georgia Tech in the NIT championship game right now, absolutely blowing it. They're losing by, like, 30 oh, yeah. points Clem- Clemson loses
2: first round to some loses college you've never heard of. first round.
0: The ACC, man, just not a great postseason for the ACC. Seriously. Um, huge but, but how, but the, but how
2: the tables have turned, because it's the ACC that was winning in the bowl games over the SEC come March— three sec teams in the elite eight yeah the tables have turned the tables have turned but the big 10 is still terrible i'm happy about that yep i'm not i, I, will, not, I will not give wisconsin any credit i will not give michigan any credit
0: i mean villanova another huge disappointment oh my gosh Villanova's i was huge absolutely shocked that was terrible i had them in my championship terrible way to lose that game um i mean with I, I guess you gotta give a little bit of props to wisconsin they've made three elite eights in those four years with bronson koenig yeah. Nigel hayes um, oh my God. I, I hate not, I I am the least fan I, of Nigel Hayes. I have I been he's so overrated, but he really proved me wrong for A lot of this tournament until yeah. he absolutely stunk in the
2: last game. But yeah. I mean, I, I was shocked to see Wisconsin. I, I haven't it. been, I haven't been in Nigel Hayes game since that press conference where he was like, Oh, she's so beautiful. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about? Like this guy is so soft. Get this guy out of here. I was, I could not stand that. Oh my gosh! It's so annoying. He's it's got, like nails a on a chalkboard. He's got a lot of emotion. Oh my gosh! He's coming like, straight from the He's heart. like on the, the friggin' Today Show. Was, oh, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. Oh my gosh! Stop hyping this guy up. He's not gonna have a career in the NBA. He can't do anything. He's probably gonna go what 55th in the draft. <laughs> yeah, we'll see him selling cars. Selling no, Lexuses. Yeah, he's, he's, going, he's going to enterprise car rentals in three years, I predicted.
0: They're sponsored the NCAA.
2: <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> they love their athletes. They hire student athletes. So yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell. Could you tell that they hired student-athletes? Only all
0: their commercials <laughs> are about hiring student-athletes. I know,
2: seriously, stop interrupting me. There's enough TV timeouts. That's one great about the March Madness. There, there is, is so a many lot TV of TV timeouts. I, know, I, don't, I don't need to hear 30 times in the first half that Enterprise hires student-athletes. <laughs> a couple times is enough. Seriously, just just stop. Oh, so frustrating. Yeah,
0: so we've got our final four. Um, before we get into like the final four analysis... And the predictions there. Let's just go over some of the players that you were most impressed with, with the in the tournament. Some of the guys that have really stepped up. Maybe draft prospects that have improved their stock um, come draft time. Yeah. Who are some of the players you really liked, and who are some of the players that you were a little disappointed in?
2: Well, I'll say, I'll say right now that this draft is unlike any other that we've seen in a long time. This draft is so deep, it's ridiculous. If you have a pick within the top 50 then you've, you've got a chance at a good player. It is absurd, the amount of prospects in this draft class. I think someone, who, someone at the top who's really improved their stock is De'Aaron Fox. Absolutely. Made Lonzo Ball look like a child. Just made him look silly. He, Lonzo Ball could not guard De'Aaron Fox. And this is, this is a, a great juxtaposition between two of the top point guards in the draft. Lonzo Ball cannot, he, he really can't play with a player that's athletically superior to him. And De'Aaron yep. Fox is an athletic phenom, and when it, when when he was up against Lonzo Ball, he scored like it was nothing. He guarded Lonzo Ball fantastically. I think he's someone that really improved their draft stock before the draft. People had uh, Malik Monk going uh, before De'Aaron Fox, but now I think it, I think it. I don't know. I might say it's a pretty safe bet that that De'Aaron Fox is going to go ahead of Malik Monk. Yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on what team. It, it, it all depends on the needs, because obviously they play different positions, but I think De'Aaron Fox is someone who really improved his draft stock and really showed that he's a he's a special player bo- on both sides of the court.
0: Absolutely, yeah. De'Aaron Fox played fantastic throughout the tournament. Honestly, he was the one. I was really surprised, but he was the one that was putting the team on their back. He really Kentucky. did. He really did. wasn't. 40 Malik points. Monk. Malik 40 Monk points? made some big shots, I will say, but yeah. and my guy Derek Willis making some big shots too, but... Derek
2: Willis is like what the white Matt Barnes. Derek. He just looks like a freak <laughs> show out there, a little like, like a Buccaneer. You got like, the like a so. <laughs> he's, tattoo on his left shoulder. <laughs> guy's a beast. He's ne- He's on the next All NBA Pirate Team along oh, with Stephen absolutely. Adams and Matt Barnes, um, Chris Kamen.
0: I mean, he. I mean, De'Aaron Fox played fantastic throughout the entire tournament. Showed a lot of heart. I mean, crying after the loss uh, to to UNC at, in that press conference. Oh, I love that. I love that how so much. How much he really
2: actually him, cared about this season. Him and, well, who is it, Bam Adebayo? Yep. They are crying on each other's shoulders. In that same exact situation, Lonzo Ball announces that he's going to the NBA draft, not a hint of emotion in his voice. Darren Fox was attached to this tournament, and I love it. He seemed like a guy who wanted to be there for four years but knew that he just couldn't because he's about to make millions of dollars. And I completely understand that decision, but it looks like Lonzo Ball, like, this is just another stepping stone for Another him. business move for the yeah, seriously. BBB, whatever. Yeah, for, that, the, for the big ballers. The big ballers. <laughs> the big, big baller boys or whatever. Big baller brand. The baller brand. <laughs> the, baller brand. <laughs> <laughs> the baller brand boys.
0: Um Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, like you said, as De'Aaron Fox's stock went up, Lonzo Ball's stock kind of fell a little bit. It did. I mean, that last game, he had 10 points. De'Aaron Fox had, like, Thirty-seven, and yeah, and he and and there's so much liability around Lonzo Ball. The storylines with yeah. his father, um, obviously, I don't know if that's all. If that's Lonzo Ball's fault, it's really not. I don't think he can really control what his dad says. But there's just so much liability. There's so much risk around drafting Lonzo Ball as compared to a guy like De'Aaron Fox, where you know this guy's gonna play his heart out. Yeah, he really as if, a fashion yeah. game and he plays well and he's a great player. He's, Seriously. They're about equal talent wise if, and there's so many more yeah. risks risk was Lon-
2: risks with Lonzo Ball. Seriously. I mean if you can you can, if Darren Fox can get this emotionally attached and this competitive about about really he, you can really tell it's about the school reform. It's about the program. It's about the experience. If he can get that attached to a to a program that he knew that he was only going to be there for one year for it. Darren Fox has been a one-and-done all year. Then you know that he's going to play your heart, his heart out for an NBA team that he's on for a few years, getting paid millions of dollars to play for. Like This is his dream. This, he just loves the game of basketball. I'm not saying Lonzo Ball doesn't, but I'm really impressed with Darren Fox's competitive nature and his ability to perform in the big games. Like you said, dropping 40 against UCLA, right in Lonzo Ball's face right people you know I've heard, I've heard people make the argument like, oh but you you can't be so hard on Lonzo Ball he shot 40 percent that's not that bad yeah, he went four for 10. but as a star player on UCLA, you got to take more than 10 shots. You can't score 10 points in the biggest game of the season. It's the fact the fact that he that he could not take over the game that he wasn't aggressive that he couldn't make his own shot against an athletic defender it shows it, I mean that, that shows he's going to be playing against a lot of athletic guys in the NBA these are the most athletic people in on earth, you know? So like, I, I, I honestly, I was not impressed by Lonzo ball in that game. I, I know he's a, he's a great player, but there's other players, Darren Fox, Markel Fultz, Josh Jackson, that I really think are going to have superior careers to him. Even if, even Dennis Smith, he didn't develop much at NC state this year. Cause he was in a terrible program, but I think he has, he has a lot of potential as well. And he's someone who can create his own shot and, and be a scorer like the NBA needs him to be. So, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Um, any other guys that you were impressed with uh,
2: draft wise? Um, you know, I, I got I got two guys that I love. I love Semi Ojeley. I think he's a he's a beast. The guy is jacked out of his mind. He's a great player uh, all around on both sides of the court. And I uh, from from SMU. Another guy I love is big, Biggie Swanigan. Yep. Caleb Swannigan from Purdue. He's not a great NBA prospect. He's six nine, big man. But he's someone who's just incredible. I mean, he, he's, he, watching him rebound is, is beautiful because he does it so fundamentally well. He was the best person at boxing out that I've seen in the tournament. He sticks to the fundamentals. He shoots about 45% from three as a big man. He, he's great in the post, great post moves. He can run the floor from the post too. Purdue's offense went around getting Biggie the ball in the post, and then he'd make passes out of the post. Or he'd just take it himself and score. So he's someone that is, has had a tremendous uh, NCAA career. I really hope it translates to the NBA. He's someone yeah. I really want to root for. But at the same time, he is six he's, nine. He's undersized. He's and undersized. I, think, I think his fundamentals can carry him, though. He's a great shooter, and he can, he can box he's out. He's really
0: improved. He, he really improved his three-point shot this year. Yeah, He slimmed down. He I think if, if teams want to take a chance on him, he could prove to be a great small ball four, a great yeah. small ball five even, a guy that can rebound well for you, um, put up a double-double and then step out and hit some big shots. Yeah. Uh, I could see him being a good player in the NBA. It'll be interesting to see who takes him, how he develops in the NBA. Yeah. A guy I was really disappointed in, Um, who declared for the NBA draft, Harry Giles. Now, Harry Giles <laughs> averaged less than four points in four rebounds this year, scored not a single point in the NCAA tournament in two games for Duke, and declares for the NBA draft. I don't know why he's doing this, Um. Yeah, He's definitely been a major disappointment since being the number one overall prospect coming out of high school two years ago. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, He's probably, if some teams want to take a flyer on him in the late first round Or he's a second round guy, it'll be interesting to see that. Um, I don't know how I feel about Harry Giles going to the league. I think if he stayed one more year, stepped out of Jason Tatum's shadow, got healthier, he could have been a great
2: player um, at Duke in and probably improved his draft stock a lot. But I completely agree. I mean, I, I, I think I was really strong in Harry Giles staying another year. I wish he had taken my advice. Um, I don't know why he didn't, you know, the Red Seed Sports. But he he's someone, I mean, NBA teams are going to draft him off of his, like, sophomore year of high school mixtape. Like that's what they have. He's torn his ACL two times since then. Has not played much basketball at all. And when he has played, it, it hasn't been good. Like you said, four and four at Duke this year. He's been incredibly disappointing. So they're drafting him off of his potential from like sophomore year in high school. It's really, I, I don't, I don't know why, why teams are going to take a flyer on him. I, I don't know why he didn't stay and develop another year. It's obvious that he has potential. But I think college is going to be a better place for him to develop because he'll get that playing time, he'll get that spotlight that he needs. In the NBA, he can just be a couple minutes a game, and then back to the D League. You know, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think his NBA career is going to go the way he wants it to at all. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. Who are some other guys? Um, well, I'll just read some of the guys, some of the underclassmen who have declared. For the NBA draft already, um, Markel Fultz, obviously. We didn't get to see him in the tournament. Lonzo Ball, TJ Lee from UCLA also declaring for the draft. Yeah. Um, Dennis Smith, Jason Tatum, Harry Giles, Laurie Markkinen. I'm a big fan of him. I really liked watching him in the tournament. I yeah. think he is going to be a very solid He's uh, great. big – If he can just bulk up and rebound better, he could be really, really good in the NBA. He has the he has um, the skills. Jonathan Isaac. Love him. Um, who obviously played a little bit disappointing and. Florida State's loss to Xavier, but he has a lot of potential. Blocks like,
2: a million shots a game. He's like a seven foot tall shooting guard, small forward. I think I mean his skills are very raw, but I think he can develop into something really great. Athletically, just very gifted player. Yep. Uh Jawan Evans from
0: Oklahoma State, obviously. He actually played really well in the loss to Michigan. Scored I ninety-one he was,
2: points. He was
0: like the only guy yeah. that was playing well for Oklahoma State. Uh well, that's not true. They played offensively really well. But a lot of it came from Jawan Evans yeah. uh, scoring, passing the rock. He was a great player. He's going to the draft early. He plans to sign with an agent. Uh, Edmund Sumner, really interesting. The guy from Xavier that got injured, didn't play in the tournament. Uh, he li- he's looking to declare for the draft. He was a
2: great player when he was
0: healthy, though. Mello Trimble, another disappointing guy. Had a great freshman year and has kind of sunk ever since. But I think this is his last gasp at the NBA. If he stays for one more year, he's probably going to yeah. lose his draft eligibility. Um, some guys that are undecided. One big name. Bam Adebayo, or a couple big names. Bam Adebayo, Malik Monk. I think Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox are going to go to the draft most yeah. likely. But oh, Bam Adebayo, definitely. what do you think about him? Should he go to the draft, or do you think he should stay? I
2: I think he I think he's someone that could get away with going to the draft, just just because like you like these big men were talking about, like Harry Giles is a big man who I think should have stayed. But Bam out of bio, he's someone like yeah, he, his skills are maybe a little bit raw. Maybe he, he's gonna like he 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 should develop more, but at the same time, he's physically ready for the NBA. He's just a massive guy, and I think going into the NBA, being physically ready in terms of your size and your strength and your physical ability is huge. So no matter what, even when he's developing his skills, he'll still be able to rely on his physical uh, nature and be able to rebound be able to play defense maybe get some points in the post. So I think he's someone that can play in the NBA. Um, and like obviously his skills need to develop, but I think he can get yeah, away with it. Yeah, he definitely needs to develop his skills a lot.
0: I think he's very raw. He's got a lot of potential. He's very strong. But I can kind of see him being like a guy like Thomas Robinson who came out of Kansas, didn't really T-Rob. He was just so raw and he just didn't really have those offensive skills and and just ended up kind of not being a great player, kind of a journeyman. Ten not minutes a, great a game, kind
2: of guy. I loved him in. I loved him in college. I think though. Bam
0: <sighs> risks doing that. I think he has. Bam has a good opportunity to develop at Kentucky. I think it's a tough one because he he could go first round. He could go second round. He's not that bona fide lottery pick stud. That no, he's Malik gonna, and Geron He's going to be are. like the
2: twenties. I, I think he's he's going to be picked in the twenties. Someone's going to take a uh, late first round flyer on him, try and develop him. But he's very vis- I, physically. Gifted. I think he's
0: a guy that explores the draft. Doesn't sign with an agent and figures it out from there. Kind of like a Justin Jackson last year. Justin Jackson last year. Another guy, Grayson Allen. Uh, Last year, a lot of people thought he was going to go to the draft. He was probably a late first-round, early second-round pick. Had a multitude of issues this year. Um, Still played well in a lot of games. He was still a good player. But what do you think? His draft stock really plummeted. Right now, CBS has him as the 57th-ranked player, which is barely getting drafted. What do you think? Do you think he
2: should stay? Do you think he should go? He's honestly, I think he has an opportunity. to, I, I don't know. You know, I feel I feel two ways about Grayson Allen because one, for one, he's someone who can really go back to Duke and be the leader of that team next year. This year, he was in Kennard's shadow, Jason Tatum's shadow, and it was them three. But but Grayson Allen, with his issues, his his, his reduced role and playing time, as his off uh, as his anger management issues caught up to him a little bit. Yep. <laughs> he um. He, he, he took a reduced role, but next year, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he, he's someone who can be a star in the NCAA, and that can help him with his draft stock. At the same time, though, age does not help you with your draft stock. You look at these, these mock drafts. there's not a single person outside of the freshman sophomore class that's going to go to the first round, besides like Justin Jackson, maybe one other two others, something like that. So you, you, I mean, you, it just age does not help you too much at the same time, though. I think Grayson Allen is a player that can go to the NBA. The reason why his his draft stock has fallen isn't really because of his playing. Obviously, he's had some disappointing games, but it's it's his anger issues. So if he gets to a camp, if he gets to the Summer League, and he can still play with the first-rounders because he's got first-round talent. So I think he he can... I think he can play as long as he keeps his anger under control he can really prove himself once he's there. I just think it's depending on how confident he is with his skills. I think I think he's someone that can really prove himself no matter where he goes in the draft He's not really a second round talent so I think someone whoever takes him is going to be lucky I think I, I honestly think he's going to be a good player in the NBA Absolutely
0: yeah I think it's a really deep draft. We definitely are going to talk more about it as time progresses. It's been interesting to see the players. A lot of the top players in the draft uh, play during the March Madness tournament. It's kind of been disappointing to see some of the other top players for the same for the second year in a row not seeing the the consensus number one overall pick play in March Madness. Has been kind of a weird
2: weird vibe. It's very um, weird. Next year it might happen too. The guy's going to Washington.
0: Well, he actually reopened Michael Porter Jr. Wait, Michael Porter is he?
2: What's He's the, news
0: the number him? one recruit. He was committed to Washington. The reason he was committed to Washington is because. What's his name? Lorenzo Romar, the coach of, I think his name is something like Romar or something like yeah. that. He, The coach of Washington hired Michael Porter's dad as an assistant coach <laughs> to get Michael Porter to, con- to commit to Washington. Pretty sneaky move. I like that. Kind of though. backfired in his faces. Romar got fired last month. Yeah. And obviously with him getting fired, his coaching staff goes. Oh yeah, well, Michael if, Porter's dad, not really a coach at Washington anymore. If Michael Porter is... just just asked for a release from his uh really? letter of intent. So he's reopening up his commit his uh his recruiting. Uh oh. Watch out for the Eagles. Else.
2: Watch out for the. Don't count Jimmy out Christian. them Eagles. Jimmy Christian, you sneaky dog. Jimmy C, I see what you're doing there, Jimmy C. Are, you, Jimmy are we? Get, are Christian. we about to see? Are we about to see a new, new, uh, new ball boy on the sideline? Last name Porter. Oh. First name Michael Senior. Michael Senior Porter. I think Jimmy C can get a sneaky hire in there. I don't know. I mean, it, it, BC it, and it, Washington it, it, had the same amount of wins this year. BC Nine Washington wins. Same amount of wins. <laughs> There's no reason why. Uh, why he should favor Washington over BC? Besides growing up next to the next next to the school, maybe in the he, Seattle maybe, area. maybe maybe might, he wants maybe, maybe he wants a little change of coast, change of scenery. It's been raining all week here. It's it's definitely been getting some Washington vibes. I'm not saying that's like some foreshadowing or something. I don't know, but at the same time, red I am seat
0: take little, I, a little a yeah. little breaking red seat news. Michael Porter likely to commit to BC.
2: That's right. You heard it here. You heard first. it here first. It's as good as it's you as probably good heard as fact. it here last, but it's you heard as good it here as first. <laughs>
0: All right. Let's move on. Let's go to the Final Four. Just some quick predictions, analysis. We've uh, we've got South Carolina playing Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, and Oregon, Oregon UNC. Yeah. What are your predictions? What are your thoughts? Uh, what
2: are the keys to the matchups there, DVA? Uh, I mean, my prediction is Gonzaga over South Carolina because they're by far the superior team. I but at the same time, I've predict, I predicted South Carolina to lose in the first round. But I think Gonzaga is just playing out of their mind. They're, they've been very, very solid against. Uh, every, every step of the way uh, I'm I mean, gonna I have to go with UNC over Oregon I think that their luck is gonna fall UNC is just a very solid team both sides of the ball uh, I mean they don't they don't really make mistakes and I think Oregon's luck their their three-point shooting you know three-point shooting is is very important but the way they're shooting I don't I just don't think I, I can't I can't count on that you know I can't count on that especially playing a team like UNC I can't count on those shots to fall. Fifty percent of the time, or whatever they've been shooting. So I, I think UNC is going to pull it out. I, I love UNC this year. Their their team is great. I should have had them going farther. You think
0: they're going to beat Gonzaga in the championship game?
2: I do. Gonzaga is a great team, but I just think UNC is is just so sound, and they've proven it. I mean, they they did not they 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 beat Kentucky. Um, that was a wild game, but they beat Kentucky, who I think is the most gifted team in the tournament this year. And they've, they've proven that their discipline and their coaching and their fundamental skills can beat talent. And Gonzaga does not have nearly as much talent as Kentucky. And UNC has more than Gonzaga. So Right.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you on Gonzaga. I think they're going to beat South Carolina. South Carolina is obviously overachieved so far. They've been a great story. Frank Martin. Frank Martin. <laughs> uh, love that guy. But I just I don't see them being able to handle Gonzaga's front court, the depth that Gonzaga has in the front court. Guys so like, much I mean, depth. they're bringing a freshman McDonald's All-American and Zach Collins, a guy who could potentially go first round in the draft Zach off Collins, the bench. He's a very talented player. And then Shemek Karnowski obviously is an absolute beast. A he's hog. So it's just, big. They're just so big. They've got so much talent. Nigel Williams-Goss is a solid guard. He's so a more can, solid
2: guard. He can score like nothing. They've got easy. a He's lot a of talent. Player.
0: I think Gonzaga is a very good team, and they'll probably – they've finally broken the curse of not being able to get to the Final Four. I think they're going to be able to get to the championship The curse of game. the
2: clinic, as I like to call it. Yep. Almost losing first round as a number one the season. curse of Adam Morrison, <laughs>
0: the Kelly Olynyx in this world. Um, I, I see Gonzaga winning that game. Um, but I think it will be closer than you think. But I think Gonzaga ultimately pulls it out, and then in the other side, I actually think Oregon's going to pull out the win against North Carolina. Really? It's partly because that would really help me win money in my brackets, but also because wow, I think Jordan Bell has been a guy that has absolutely stepped up in this tournament. I thought once Chris Boucher went out, Oregon's front court completely depleted. Jordan he has Bell stepped up has in the played nasty. Eight blocks in the last game against Kansas. Eight blocks. And if we're talking about talented teams, Kansas is as talented as North Carolina, as talented as anybody. And I think Oregon has been playing spectacular inside and out. They don't rely on Jordan Bell to score a lot of points, but he gets rebounds. He causes problems with his athleticism in the paint. I think he's going to be able to handle guys like Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks down low. And I think the guard, I think Dylan Brooks versus Justin Jackson is going to be a really interesting matchup. I think they're both really solid twos, uh, really solid wing players, but I think Dylan Brooks is just a more clutch guy than Justin Jackson. We've seen in the past Justin Jackson just kind of flaming out uh, when it comes crunch time, when the pressure's on. He's never really stepped up to the big moment, and I think... Uh, that's something that Dylan Brooks has done. He's had
2: three game winners this year. Yeah, but UNC has players off the bench that can step up. Who's the guy who hit the game winning shot? Luke May, former walk on. Yeah, former walk on. Shows up to his eight a.m. class. Score, yeah, scoring almost 20, 20 points.
0: I mean, and and, that and was the, the game, game winning shot. Life. That was the game of his life. It was the, the game other of his life. I got think death. it comes down to is their point guard play. Joel Berry has been incredibly inconsistent, not just during the season but also in the tournament. If he doesn't show up, I don't see how North Carolina can win. What if Oregon's three so point bad. shooting doesn't throw up? I mean, show up. <laughs> I mean, I think that they still get points. They've got they've got a lot of great, solid players. I think Tyler Dorsey's a great player, whether or not he's hitting threes. I think Dylan Brooks, obviously it's going to rely on them hitting threes, but I think they're going to be able to do it. I think Dylan Brooks is a great player get to the rack i really like dylan i mean i hate dylan ennis because he's 25 years old and still in college basketball he's literally older
2: than kyle doesn't make any sense
0: (laughs) it's absurd but he's a really good player and a solid defender he played for villanova for two years he has a lot of experience um i just see them as a really good team and i think that i think that they have a really good shot of surprising north carolina and beating them although ultimately i see gonzaga winning it all i think that they're just i think this is their year
2: i think this is the best team that Gonzaga's ever had. I th- I don't know, man. You this UNC team is has made it made it to the championship last year, and they, they obviously lost to Villanova, well, they but they, they, they're back really, and they're they better.
0: What have I've, they What have they done to replace Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson, They're two best players from last because year? Because Justin
2: Jackson has improved tenfold. He's a legitimate NBA He's prospect no Marcus, now. Who He's are they going to have to good. make
0: acrobatic threes with no
2: time left? That that that's not going to matter. They're just a more solid team <laughs> on both sides of the ball. I don't think they're going to need a game-winning shot against Oregon, even know. though that they can make it. They've proven that against Kentucky. I don't think and Kansas is a team that is known to lay some duds. They lost to TCU first round of the Big Twelve tournament, and that was without Josh Jackson, but they still had all the all the rest of their talent. Kansas is a much more inconsistent team. And UNC has just proven to be consistent. Yeah, they dropped one to to, to dropped a couple to Duke, but Duke is a fantastic team as well. I I don't know. I don't I don't think. I mean, Oregon Oregon's a great team, and and even without Boucher in uh, the in the Pac-12 tournament, they gave Arizona a big run for their money. That was a great game, and so like they're they're a legit team. They definitely are. They've they've shown it all year. But I don't know. I think UNC is just superior, and I think I think we'll see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, what goes on in the Final Four this weekend. I'm excited to watch the games, and uh, we'll see who's right. I think Oregon, you think UNC. <laughs> we'll see. We obviously both think in Zagaba Who knows? Yeah. Sindarius Thornwell could keep playing like an absolute freak. He's good. He's um, very good. But let's move on. Uh, we've got a few minutes left going into the NBA. Uh, it's coming down to the playoff stretch. Big news up here in Beantown. Celtics right. taking Let's go. first place, obviously, with a the devastating Cav- loss. What's the Cavs game looking like? Can we, can, we get a, can we get a score, score update? Quick. My computer's pretty slow. All right. Oh, the Bulls beating the Cavaliers yes! today. Let's go! Huge win for the Whoa! Bulls! Nikola Miritich <sighs> carrying the Bulls to victory. Absolutely devastating loss for the Cavaliers. That's now five out of their last seven games that they've lost. Falling apart. Falling to pieces. Love it. LeBron James, I'm going to drink your tears. I'm absolutely (laughs) stoked right now that your team sucks. You're not in first place. I hope you're freaking out. Start crying to management. LeBron's going to cry to Adam Silver about changing the rules so he can add more players now because his team probably needs another backup point guard. (laughs) (laughs)
2: His team probably needs another big man. I can't wait to hear what his excuse is. Oh, man. I love it. I can't I'm wait so to see happy. the trades that are going to be vetoed in the offseason <laughs> because of LeBron James. I can't wait
0: <laughs> for the Cavs to somehow get the number one overall pick in the draft, <laughs> even though they're not in the lottery. Hey,
2: hey, they still have a chance. They got they got a ping-pong ball in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, probably. They got a ping-pong ball in there somewhere.
0: Um, Huge, huge win for the Bulls today to put the Celtics back on top with That's sole right. possession in the Eastern Conference. In our
2: rundown, we have Celtics tied for first. That is com- that is obsolete now. That is obsolete. obsolete. Celtics commanding lead outright, for first place. Outright first place. So what do you think?
0: Will they remain in first place for the end of the season? Yes. And um, do you want them to be in first place? Which is an interesting thing when it comes down to the end of the season. Seeding is really important because obviously coming in first place is big with with home, field, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. But also... Um, there's some really interesting teams that are seated in different places in the Eastern Conference. Right now, in third place is the Wizards. In fourth place is the Raptors. Fifth is the Hawks. Sixth is the Bucks. Seventh is the Heat. And eighth is the Pacers. So if the Celtics were to remain in first place, it looks like that they would most likely play the Raptors in the playoffs over the Wizards if it would come down to
2: the next round. Would yeah. you rather play the Wizards or the Raptors? I'd rather play the Raptors. Really? Uh, yeah. Even the Wiz- if they get Kyle Lowry back. Even if they get Kyle Lowry back, Kyle Lowry is an incredible player, and that obviously improves their team a lot. But the Wizards are a team that scares me. I don't know. I think John Wall and Bradley Beal is a lethal combo. They've got scoring off the bench with Bogdanovich. I think they're a talented team, and I, I think it would be at the same time. I think it'd be really fun to see a Wizards Celtics series because that's a bit of a rivalry that's starting to brew. But I would also I would rather have the Celtics take the second seed. I mean, I take, sorry, the Celtics take the, fir- the first seed because um, I think that in order to beat the Cavs, we're going to need home court advantage in a seven-game series. That's my biggest reason. Everybody else, I think the Celtics should beat in a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference. But when it comes down to the Eastern Conference finals, you know that the Cavs are going to be there. LeBron's going to step it up come playoff time. They're always there. And I think that in order to beat the Cavs in a seven-game series, we're going to need home court advantage. And I think that, that might be what it comes down to. So I I really want the Celtics to get for it. I I also think, I mean, it's just a bragging, right? It would be pretty incredible if the Celtics get the number one seed after the year that, after the the team that they have, after the The past five years, the injuries, everything. It's incredible. I mean, the the, the Isaiah Thomas storyline, I think it's just such a testament to the patience of the management of the Boston Celtics. The way they've rebuilt this team is commendable. It should be a blueprint for teams all across the NBA for all of time to come, they were they were patient. Right when the when the Lakers weren't patient, the Celtics were, and you can see it right now. They had to rebuild right around the same time. The Lakers are scrapping for the number one pick in the draft, and the Celtics are scrapping for the number one the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So I think that just shows I I love it. I love it so much. The Celtics are going to get the number one seed, and I'm going to love it. Absolutely,
0: I really want the Celtics to finish number one just for that that pride, uh, and also I mean home court advantage. I think that. Eventually, we're going to have to play tough teams, and I think the Celtics should not fear a single team, but should take it like that. And especially if we get to a, se- a series against the Cavaliers, I'm not saying that we're going to be able to beat the Cavaliers if they're at full health, but having home court advantage definitely helps. The Celtics have played definitely. significantly better at home this year than they definitely. have away. They're 27-10 and 10 at home and just 21-17 and 17 on the road.
2: And look at the Cavs' road the road record. The Cavs are 19-18 and 18 on the road. They're not a good road team. 28 and 8 at home, 19 and 18 on the road. And it's like that this is I think this can really uh I think this can really blow up in their faces. I think that Scratch I, I would that. love that they're to actually see it. now 19 and 19 on the 19 road. 19 and 19 they're on the road. They're a 500 team on the road. So I think home court advantage could be what the series comes down to. The Celtics can play with the Cavs. I'm not saying they're a better team, but if you combine the Cavs current form with the Celtics current form and home court advantage, I think you might have yourself uh, a great series yeah absolutely and uh to go back to
0: the question of the wizards or the raptors i think i'd rather play the wizards and here's why i got a pretty hot take from our wizards expert down in washington brandon yee B. yee shout out B. be yeezy out there <laughs> uh one of our big fans out in uh in the dc area always got a shout um, out to the listeners yeah got a shout out to our award this, is for, this fans. is for you guys this is for you we you guys do are the it best each and every week for you guys Weekend, we love you weekend, guys week out. from the deep down bottom of our hearts. But anyways, my guy, B.E., sh- shot me a little text. He's, he's a Wizards guy, but he's not a fan of how hyped the Wizards are this year. He says, I said, what's, what's your take on the Wizards? He goes, extremely overrated. Scott Brooks is coaching this team, the man who was unable to make Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Russ Westbrook, and James Harden into a champion contender more than one year and they've had they had a team for a long time he said it's they're so de- completely dependent on John Wall that in a series especially in the east they're going to run out of gas they depend too much on their front set, on their on their starting five um, and in playoff games to 7 they're going to their starting five is going to play the most minutes out of any team he just thinks that they're going to run out of gas he doesn't think that they're actually going to go very far in the playoffs at all so wow. i think matching up against the wizards might it's a be hot better take. Uh, For the Celtics, John Wall is
2: playing incredible, potential MVP candidate. Not going to get MVP, but like get get one of those honorable mentions. I think he's a guy, like, you know, along with Isaiah Thomas, LeBron James, uh, this season that's floating right around uh, the second tier of MVP candidates. He's had a great season. But yeah, I can definitely hear that argument. Um, And it would definitely be fun to see a Celtics Wizards series because of the rivalry that's brewing. I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of the rivalry. Cool, let's uh, keep moving on. We're going to touch on some quick NFL
0: draft stuff coming up. Uh, One thing that was really interesting to me uh, was the Patriots coming out today and saying that they do not have Joe Mixon anywhere on their draft board.
2: Uh, I have some takes on this. What do you think about that? Well, I'm a big Joe Mixon guy. I'll be the first to admit it. Hot take right there. You know, I I mean, honestly, look, Joe Joe Mixon did a terrible thing, and it's – I mean, it's it's an egregious video, but at the same time, there's probably 12 other people on on the draft board that did the same thing. At this point, it might as well be a prerequisite for a player in the NFL to have a domestic abuse charge on him. Like, there's just it's so common. This guy was in high school when he did it. I genuinely believe he's he's sorry. You can't blame him for the way that Oklahoma handled the situation. It's uh, like, no matter. I'm not saying that they handled it right, but that's not Joe Mixon's fault. And he's a very talented player. But at the same time, I think that this was a total PR move for the Pats. They're, some, they're a team that people hate for being the evil empire, for cheating. The, I think everybody in the league wants the Patriots to draft Joe Mixon just to have another reason to hate on them. And Joe Mixon is not the player they need. They don't need a running back like that. So I think right. they weren't going to draft him anyways. They might as well Absolutely. come out and say this, get some positive PR uh, for the first time and maybe – 20 years <laughs> you know so I, I i like the move just from a pr standpoint it was just a huge pr yeah. move it was a huge pr move if you think about it joe mixon
0: is going in the first two rounds whether you like him or not yeah. someone's going to take a risk on him because he is an elite player He's a great and the player patriots don't have a draft pick in the first two rounds yeah. so they're it they're just basically talking about something know, that they is, have
2: no they have no hand in anyway. this is a team that has had aaron Hernandez signed Chad Johnson, Albert Hainsworth, they brought, Randy, they, Moss. Randy Moss, Deron Harmon. They drafted Deron Harmon coming out of college. All these guys, Brandon Merriweather. They're, right. not, they're not like a team that really cares about the, the moral fiber of their players coming into it's the organization, <laughs> so it doesn't really PR matter.
0: And, and also what I'll say is there's other teams that are taking Joe Mixon off their draft board. Michael I just Floyd. think it's I think, <laughs> yeah. I think if you've heard Oklahoma players and people around Joe Mixon talk about Joe, yeah. they've said that he's really – Changed since Brent his Mus- freshman year. Brett
2: Brett I'm a huge fan of Joe Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> he hopes, he wishes him a long NFL <laughs> career. Um, he's a man who believes but in serious, second chances. Seriously, the
0: guy. Obviously, what he did was horrible, but it was it was his freshman year. It was the be- first semester of his freshman year. Yeah. And he, I mean, is it wrong to think that maybe he's improved in his three years? Yeah, uh, since been, then, is it wrong to think that he's changed? That he's figured out things? I mean. It, the sad thing is a lot of NFL players who have had these problems haven't figured it out, but I think you got to give Joe yeah. Mixon some benefit of the doubt, um espe- especially because he's really apologized. He's shown that he's sorry. There's been no no other problems since yeah. um and at the end of the day, football standpoint, he's an elite player and he would be someone that would help any just, team that he goes to. It's on.
2: ridiculous, dude. The amount of the amount of duplicity That goes on in the NFL. The first team that was, what, the Miami Dolphins to come out and say they weren't drafting Joe Mixon? That was the team with the whole – wasn't that, the, that was a team with that Richie Incognito Richie and Jonathan and Con- Martin? The bullying like, Yeah, the bullying scandal. Their entire team was a bunch of bullies <laughs> and, a, and Jonathan Martin, who was getting the, the butt of the joke. Like, this is ridiculous. It, it, the NFL, there's a ton of clowns. There's a ton of goons. It's just kind of what it is at this point. You might as you, you just expect it from the NFL. And Joe Mixon's a guy who I think is who's done the best he can to prove himself uh, worthy of a second chance since that incident. So I, I, I honestly, I think that Joe Mixon's going to have a great NFL career without another incident. Yeah. I hope he does. I hope he does. I think I he's a he great does. player, and I want I wish, to prove everybody As Brett
0: wrong. Musburger says, I wish him the best. <laughs>
2: yeah, I wish him the best, too. <laughs> All
0: right, let's get to our final segment of the week. We're running out of time here. Freak Bag of the Week, your favorite segment, brought to you by Harbor Point Apparel. And uh, let's get into a couple of the freak bags that we have listed here, first one uh, is a little a little blend. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki and Tom Brady both coming out in the last few weeks. Tom Brady, Robert Kraft says, wants to play six or seven more years, at 40 years old. And Ichiro Suzuki at 43, saying that he wants to play till he's 50 years old, and that rather than retiring, he just hopes he just dies. <laughs> really hot take. He'd rather just die than retire. I mean, you gotta love the passion love for the it. game by Ichiro Suzuki. But here's my question for you: They're both clearly freak bags. You don't see a lot of players playing till they're 50 years old, which or 47 or whatever Tom Brady wants to play till. Which player do you think will retire first, Ichiro Suzuki or Tom
2: Brady? <sighs> oh gosh! First of all, I'll say that these guys are not freak back of the week. Candidates for me, they are truthers of the week. Yeah. I will, they will play until they tell me, until they prove that they can't. And those guys are ballers. Tom Brady especially. Ichiro's great. I mean, he's he's yeah. well above the Mendoza line. Well above the Mendoza line. Year in, year out. He can be above the Mendoza line when he's 76. I believe it. So he's a player that can be in the MLB. I think, as much as I love Tom Brady, if I was a betting man, I'd bet Ichiro just because of the the, the difference of the game. Yeah. There's more. First of all, like, yeah. I, I think, I, I mean, he's he's just a great player, and it's not like he's straining his body hitting ground balls, you know? It's like, it's whatever. So... I think I think he's going to be. Yep. Got to go, a
0: Couple other freak bags. Aaron Hernandez's fiance uh never actually got married but took Aaron Hernandez's name and still has it today. <laughs> Supports him and their child. Uh so shout out Aaron Hernandez's fiance.
2: She probably just had a jersey and didn't know what to do she's with it. A huge, so she she's just wanted she wanted she wanted, the, she wanted the last name on the back to mean something.
0: Yep. Um Kurt Schilling saying that Hillary calling Hillary some mean words. Telling the world that Hillary would have already started World War III by now—pretty
2: big freak bag move. Uh, I don't know. Another truther of the week candidate for me. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Very true. Um,
0: you never know. Uh, taekwondo kid, some random freaky taekwondo <laughs> kid. I don't know if you guys saw the video of him like doing like car, whatever flips or whatever yeah, handstands and smashing bricks freaky on his head. Stuff
2: some really freaky stuff real freaky stuff that's not gonna bode well for him down the line yeah that dude lost <laughs> a lot of friends. cte is coming your way <laughs> yeah, rude awakening
0: fast he set the guinness book of world records for breaking bricks on his head and also for fastest recorded diagnosis of cte <laughs> uh cristiano ronaldo statue i don't know guys take a look at that it's probably the ugliest thing i've ever seen so funny um, I I love that. That's a huge freak bag move, of Cristiano, Chris, Ronaldo. Cristiano
2: Ronaldo minus a few chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that statue is. Last, I like it though; it's accepted. Last
0: freak bag of the week. I'll throw this one out there before we finish. Uh, Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy trying to make a comeback in some random football league in Las Vegas, getting fan voted out of getting signed. The, the team put is- up the. Whether or not to sign Greg Hardy to a fan vote, wow. he got voted out. That is a so, straight, that is a straight
2: a... Pontius pilot move right there. <laughs> oh my! What the heck? The team washed their hands of the decision. <laughs> I know.
0: Put it all up to the fans, and they voted no on Greg Hardy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Absolute freak bag move. Greg Hardy getting absolutely owned in every sing, everything he tries to do. Guy tried to go into MMA, got body, <laughs> got fan
2: voted out of semi pro
0: football. So, Shout so, out to Greg the Hardy
2: Football League.
0: Oh my gosh. Hilarious. Uh, That's it for today, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week.